Hi, welcome to Screening Room with Chet and Dee. I'm Chet. And I'm Dee. I'm a boomer. And I'm a millennial. And we both love classic movies. We think you're going to love them too if you give them a shot. Which is where we come in. We're here to talk about those old movies. We tell you why we think they're so good and give you a little background about how they were made. And we'll also talk about what these movies can teach us about history, about people. And maybe even about the meaning of life. Good movies try to do that. And that's why we want you to watch them. But before we give you... A much-awaited, long-awaited movie recommendation. Mm-hmm. Uh, D here. I'd like to explain our hiatus. Yes. So, um... We've been gone. We've been gone for a, a, a little over a year. Well, more, like almost a year and a half, maybe. And, uh... What have you been doing in that time? So, I, uh... You know, I just want to go on record as saying I've been available. He's been available. So, as most actors are... It's all on you. There's a few things. I get a little insecure sometimes so that is one part of it to where it's like ah chet has all this stuff to say i'm kind of quiet but i love these movies what do i add of uh value to this podcast Excuse number one okay excuse number two i got took on a job um as a resettlement uh refugee resettlement case manager at a local resettlement agency and it was at the height of the afghanistan crisis okay so working seven days a week kept you a little busy meanwhile that's also uh i also got pregnant and uh yeah yeah um and i have a little uh chonkers uh little loretta so we did not we did not i did not name her after um so that's why this there's this really little person in the room with us yes and it will also explain when if you hear some crying or if we take some pauses that are in an awkward spot where it's like oh they were onto something yeah and then all of a sudden it's gone. I mean, it could be either the three of us crying, but more than likely it's going to be the, the, the little person. The little person. So I have, yeah, little, little Loretta, uh, apple of my eye. <laughs> oh, see now, that that was me crying. That, that kind of sounded like Loretta, her. Just so you yeah. able to distinguish. So I'm excited to raise a future classic movie watcher. Yeah, we're getting, this, getting her started. Yeah. So she's, she's watched, uh, did she watch Laura? Oh, is that the movie? Yes. Oh, that's we, yeah, that's the movie. Spoiler. Well, we're gonna, it's on the title. It's on the, the title, yes. Yeah. Okay, so um, Laura, Loretta, because people will be like, oh, are you going to shorten Loretta? Are you going to shorten it to Etta, Lori, Laura, you know? So, no, we're not, but... Um, okay. So, did she watch? She did watch. Yeah, did she? She did watch. Did she seem to like it? She got some good ideas for future plays she's going okay. to write. Um uh-huh. I think she was really surprised by the plot twists. There were a couple, yeah. a couple of plot twists. I mean, on the one hand, she doesn't have, you know, object permanence yet. It's fairly easy to surprise her. But still, there's a big plot twist in the middle of this movie that's going to take just about anybody by surprise, not just a three-month-old. No. Right. Um, yeah, no, there were there were two plot twists. Well, yeah. Surprises. Uh, keeps you going until the end. Yeah, well, um, I guess we should talk a little bit more about what, what Laura is. Well, yes, but before we do, there's something else that you're hearing that it's perfect for a, a movie of this genre, uh, and it's rain in the background, and that's not some background sound that we put on here or her white right, noise. L- it's, not Loretta's, it's not Loretta's white noise rain. machine. The we went, kind. We, we thought it would add there's a, good rain a natural scene sound. In this movie. Because we're, yeah. we're also NPR fans. We like natural Nat, natural sound, or nat sound, nat sound, as we call it in the biz, in the biz. which is short for business. <laughs> um, 
Yes, okay, so tell so, us about Laura, 1944. Yeah, this is this was made in 1944, and uh, it's, I guess technically this is not our first film noir. No, our first, uh, we got Norma Desmond. Yeah, we did Sunset Boulevard earlier. But I know since then you've you've become an expert on film noir because you got a book. Yeah, I got a book for a, my birthday that I have a lot of time to read since so having is, a newborn. What is a film noir? I'm gonna toss that to you. Toss that back to me. Yeah, yeah. It's your book. It's but, your okay. question that well, oh, I think right. you know the answer to. Well, film noir, noir noir is a French word. It means either black or dark or whatever. And film noir was the term that the French used to describe these movies that they saw coming from America, mostly in the 40s and, well, started in the 40s. Um, and they're these, they're, they're dark literally in many cases because there are a lot of dark scenes, a lot of shadows, a lot, they do a lot of cool things with, with lighting and, and nighttime shoots. Uh, but they're also dark in terms of subject matter. These are almost always about crime and murder and vengeance and uh, jealousy and people making very bad mistakes with their life and looking back with regret on them. Uh, and you've also got some common tropes like uh, femme fatales. What's, uh, femme fatale. A femme fatale is, is a fatale femme. It's, it's a it's a dangerous woman. It's 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 a it's a woman they, who's, who's yeah, trouble. Yeah, women were dangerous in the forties. Yeah, uh, you no no because like when you hear oh, we want women to go back to where it, how it was in the olden days, you know the leave it to beaver types. No no no. How do you come up with femme fatales if women yeah were not already rebels and and it's actually one of the interesting things about the history of film is that. Yeah, in, it's in the 1950s that we get this picture of women as being uh, virtuous and pure and innocent and all that kind of stuff. But if you go and it's back, not until now that women became like this. <laughs> yeah, but no, actually, if you go back before that to the 40s and 30s, you see all kinds of bad behavior from women uh, in these movies, and in many cases, they're leading to the downfall of the male characters. Um, anyway, so that film noir. It's, it's dark, it's usually about crime, a lot of times it's got first-person narration going on in it, and um, stories about uh, mistakes and regret and all that kind of stuff. So this is, uh, again, our, our first uh, noir technically was Sunset Boulevard, but you didn't have the book then, so we couldn't toss around all this, this cool terminology. Jargon, but, yeah. yeah. This is the second one, and this one is a little unusual for a film noir in that it deals with rich people. Mostly film noirs are about uh, working class stiffs, uh, people who are, they get involved with crime because their, you know, life has taken a bad turn and, wow, that sounds ominous, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, taking a bad turn. But this is a high society film noir. We're going to deal with a bunch of rich, spoiled characters, and yet they still get involved in a really nasty crime here. So... Why don't you tell me about what, what's the, uh, who, who's in this movie? Who's okay, so the cast, we have Jean Tierney, Dana Andrews, who you'll recognize from The Best Years of Our Lives, one of our, which oh, you, you right. probably watched it for Memorial Weekend, uh, mm -hmm. Clifton Webb, Vincent Price, which you'll recognize from The Last Man on Earth. That's right. Oh, we did The we Last did Man on Earth. Right we did that right at the beginning we? of the pandemic. Yeah. Hi, we're still in that. Okay. Um, Judith Anderson, 
and Dorothy Adams is also in the best years of our lives. So we should say something. This is uh, Jean Tierney plays the title role. She is Laura. And this is uh, Jean Tierney had a relatively short career, uh, short but high impact. Um, incredibly beautiful woman, uh, which is the main reason she gets gets cast. Yeah. yeah. And uh, we do find out that she can act, although this is probably not her best movie. This is her most famous movie. What do you think her movie? best movie is? Oh, uh, Leave Her to Heaven. Remember Leave well, Her yeah, to Heaven? Well, yeah, we just only watched that this year. Yeah, another oh, film yeah. noir where she really is a femme fatale in Oh, yeah, Leave that's Heaven. messed up. Yeah. you got to watch that, though. That's yeah. really... And that's a better performance from her. But she's, I mean, she's stunning visually oh, she's in, incredibly this, in this manipulative. movie. Um, she looks great. And, and, yeah, she's the title character. And, you see and, her right away. Mm-hmm. They have a portrait of her. Yeah. And we mentioned Dana Andrews was in The Best Years of Our Lives. Uh, he's also in a movie that someday we will have to do, one of my favorite horror films of all time, Curse of the Demon slash Night of the Demon. Um, another guy who had... Uh, a really good career, but relatively short. At least his his time on top was relatively short. Uh, but a great voice, a really good actor, uh, capable of a lot of subtlety with his voice and his face and, and that sort of thing. He plays the detective in this. Laura is the murder victim, we think. Um, Clifton Webb. Say, uh, tell us about Clifton Webb. He, Clifton he, Webb... Um... He was mostly known for, he loved Broadway, which I guess um, Gene Tierney did as well. But Clifton Webb was a... He was well, a he came, for one he, thing. Yeah, so he grew up in New York as well as Gene Tierney. Um, he did a lot of theater. Uh, his He had a, a father that was against that, but his mom was really wanting him to be a performer. He was... Did not know this. Yeah, his mom was really pushing for him to be a dance, like, be really into the arts, and her first husband was like, no. She ends up getting a divorce in the 1800s, by the way. Mm-hmm. She remarries, and that guy is also against Clifton uh, doing art. Did but, you say he was also a mama's boy? A famous he, mama's boy? Well, I, I gave him that just because, I mean, he's living with her when he's in his 60s, and he's... Okay. Wealthy. I guess a lot of people buy homes for their moms when they're famous, but do they have them live with them? I don't know. I don't know. He really I don't know, but mom, he was so heartbroken when she died. He only did one more movie after she mm-hmm. passed away. And this movie was a bit of a reintroduction to movie audiences for him because he did, he did, he did a few movies early, early on. Then he went to the stage, and most moviegoers had never seen him. And he comes back for this, and he actually... He steals the show, right? I mean, oh, yeah. He, is, he oh, gets yeah. nominated for an oh, Academy gosh. Award for his portrayal of... Okay, Lolo I Lydon. mean, think about this. He's a, he's a scrawny, older man. Mm-hmm. Middle-aged. The, yeah. In the beginning of this movie, he has Dana Andrews come in, and he's mm-hmm. naked. He's uh, Clifton Webb is, so mm-hmm. he's uh, allegedly naked, because, you know, yeah. unless he's sw- taking a bath in his trunks. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't even, he's not trying to like cover, he's not modest yeah. at all in what he says or what he wears. Well, modest would not be a word that we would use to describe Waldo Lidecker. Oh my gosh, in, his in, confidence to be, yeah, but term. his confidence to be naked in front of a macho cop, right? Uh-huh. I, I mean, Dan Andrews isn't necessarily macho, but you could see him doing it with a, a very macho detective. He is detective. Also, at this point, a murder suspect. 
at the time. So what better way to say to a cop, you know, I have nothing to hide, than to invite him into your bathroom while you're sitting at your typewriter in your bathtub and then to get up in front of the cop. Okay, but he's at his typewriter because he's writing Laura's story. Okay, we'll go back to that. But then also, he um, his best friend was just murdered. And the cop hold, can just walk into friend. his... Best friend. I'm giving that... Okay, well, it's more than best friend. That's a... this is this is a central question of okay, the movie. Yeah. What is okay. his relationship with Laura? I I don't have the answer for that. Yeah, but, but okay, he... okay, yeah. Best friend was the wrong choice of description for their relationship. But I, we, I, I'm I'm not gonna. We'll, we'll get into that give later. a title to their. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure they get a title, but his okay. Laura was just murdered. He, he's acquainted with her. They used to hang out all the time, okay? She gets murdered. Shot a shotgun in the face. Yeah. And he, in her apartment, in her flat in New York, uppity New York mm-hmm. flat. Manhattan. Mm-hmm. And uh, his, his door's unlocked for a cop to just walk in. Yeah. And he's in his bathtub. The yeah. very next day, just... Yeah. Let's go ahead and start talking about... We'll, we'll come back to some of the other cast and, and, and crew members later but since we've started to get into the story already so let's just go with it um so waldo lidecker is this columnist he's he is the most arrogant conceited condescending um he's described he's vicious verbally to people uh he makes these incredibly cutting remarks cutting. yes and he he specializes in his column in tearing people down and ridiculing people. He's become famous and rich for it. He lives in this incredibly ornate, lavish apartment, collects rare pieces of He has like art. a cheetah chair in his bathroom. And I, I, I love it. Oh, I did not notice that. But yeah, oh. that's a, yeah. Uh, and also I'm going to say I like his flat better than I like Laura's flat. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, if he's richer, is, but... It is I like the, the taste. It's more eclectic. A, epitome of style and class and decadence. Decadence. In uh, Manhattan. I would in just the watch 1940s. it for inspiration for decorating, to yeah. be quite honest with you. And, and it's not the flat of a, a straight bachelor. It is not the flat of a straight bachelor. And we're going to come back to that. Another really interesting question about this, this movie soon. But Waldo is going to be our narrator. He actually opens the film by saying, we don't see his, his face yet, but I'll never forget the weekend Laura died. And the cop, Dana Andrews, the detective, comes to interview him to ask him about Laura's death. She's been found, yeah, as we said, shot in the face, in the entranceway of her apartment, uh, and Waldo is maybe her closest friend. I don't. It's it's hard to describe, but he so then best go- friend. That he then goes about uh, telling the story of Laura and how they met when she was only seventeen years old and she was just starting to work at this advertising agency. And she comes to him to get his endorsement for this pen, and he's really snotty to her, but she doesn't uh, bat an eye, and he feels. He acts, she is the first person who ever like, gets to him because she says she feels sorry for him because anybody who would be that much of a jerk must be very, very lonely. And so he comes back later on, gives his endorsement to the deal, and then from that moment on, he takes Laura under his wing and he says, I'm going to show you everything. I'm going to introduce you to people. And he's going to teach her how to dress and how to speak and uh, 
help her advance in her careers and all that kind of stuff. And she becomes this incredibly successful advertising executive. She becomes wealthy. She becomes one of the, she's part of high society there. Um, and they are for a while constant companions until she gets a portrait painted. Waldo, I think, commissions it. I don't know if he, or it doesn't matter. But so she ends Jacoby. up. She's got this relationship with Waldo where they are, they're always together. And it's clear that Waldo is. Well, it's a new relationship and yeah, it would be exciting to be coming into his world. Yeah. It's clear and then that also he's clearly a, a loner. He's obsessed but, with her. I mean, her. He, he knows people, but he's. Yeah. Doesn't he, have anybody that tries to understand, like, that has never put him in his place. Right. And he's obsessed with her, not so much in the fact that he needs her, because he doesn't think he needs anybody, or at least he, he claims He tells himself to. that. But he's obsessed with making her his protege and doing everything to, to create her, make her the greatest thing that she can possibly be. It's kind of a Pygmalion story. Um, and their relationship seems to be platonic, but yet they're together, like, constantly. Then another character comes along. Uh, we don't really meet him uh, so much on screen, but uh, the guy that paints her portrait turns out somehow she finds time to have a fling with him. Waldo figures it out because she stands him up, and then Waldo tells the cop, I destroyed him in my column the next day. I wrote all these terrible things about what a terrible painter he was and what a joke of a person he was. And so then Laura reads it, and she thinks it's funny, and she breaks things off with him and so they're back together again but then somehow later on Laura ends up meeting Vincent Price um his character's name is uh Shelby Shelby, Shelby Carpenter he doesn't and like Shelby garlic is, yeah Shelby is he's a gigolo is what they say yeah a gigolo he's yeah a gigolo but you don't know it you just think he's a charming Kentucky boy yeah and you he's don't just... notice until later he's like touching her aunt's arms subtly yeah. and so Laura's he aunt. leaves the last room. He's the last to leave a room and he'll touch her arm. Um, Laura's, I'm confused about how she only came into money after she, Laura came into money after she became successful because her aunt has money. Yeah. Her aunt has money. Yeah. It's not completely clear. Like um, how was she not already moving in some circles? Like she, her aunt doesn't bring her around until she also has money. Yeah, well, we don't know how much or how little money she's got beforehand, but clearly she become she ends up making a ton of money after she makes it in the advertising world. But yeah, Laura has this aunt Judith, and Judith keeps Shelby around because it, and this is an interesting part for Vincent Price. Um, this is before Vincent Price has ever made any kind of horror movie, and. Uh, it, it's it's kind of hard if if you associate Vincent Price only with the horror movies that he made later. It might be a little hard for you to swallow him in this role. But Vincent Price actually an excellent actor, and he's not a bad looking guy. And they present him as this incredibly charming but irresponsible kind of roguish guy. He came from money in Kentucky. He's got the southern accent. Somehow he blew through all of his money. He's never had a job. And so he just lives with Laura's aunt. And yeah, he's he's a kept man. He's um, he's her partner and plaything and uh, just Well, he's kind of, of like Norma Desmond, only 
her aunt's not quite as crazy as Norman. I shouldn't say crazy. I'm sorry. That's a bad choice of words, but yeah, he lives, you know, and we should mention, uh, and she's okay with, she doesn't get jealous. Uh huh. Suppose. I mean, she's okay with sharing him for some reason. She's come to accept the fact that. Yeah. She's an incredibly cynical character. In fact, almost everybody in this movie is Shelby knows that he's no good. Judith knows that Shelby is no good. Judith knows that uh, she's not in love with him, but she likes having him around. And by the way, oh, I'm I'm sorry. It's her character's name is Anne. The actress is Judith Anderson, who would say fabulous actress. Um, Did a whole bunch of stage stuff. She played Lady Macbeth and Medea on Broadway. And she's gives a great performance in the movie Rebecca as Mrs. Danvers. I mean, she is a big-time, big-time talent and one of those just really commanding screen presences uh, in this film. But anyway, so Laura meets Shelby, and for some reason, Shelby charms her, and they end up becoming a couple. Waldo is insanely jealous but can't seem to do anything about it. Um, And that's, we don't know exactly what happened other than Shelby and Laura uh, are together. Laura gets him, Shelby, a job at her advertising firm, which also I want to talk about how cool it is that she's, well, I don't think it's cool that she's the only woman in the, like the executive room with all of the other men, but yeah, that's impressive. Right. Well, and we should mention, too, this was a story written by a uh, famous author, uh, uh, Vera Caspery, who specialized in writing mostly kind of murder mystery, uh, detective story kind of things. But she tended to have really strong female leads in all of her stories. And she emphasized the fact that uh, these women were independent and they were successful. They were career oriented. And that's the kind of character she wrote for. Laura. Now, Vera didn't write the screenplay, so they did take some liberties with her story. But they have an excellent quote that I think she would like. Laura says, I never have been and I never will be bound of anything I don't do of my own free will. Well, there you go. Yeah. Um, Okay, so we've got uh, Laura becomes and Shelby become a a couple. Waldo gets insanely jealous. He admits all of this freely to the detective. Uh, he hires a private investigator. He finds all this dirt on him. And he, furthermore, he figures out that in addition to Shelby being with her aunt, Shelby also cheats on Laura with this uh, woman named Diane, who's a model at the advertising agency. And Laura even had given Shelby this incredibly expensive cigarette case. And Shelby turns around and gives it to Diane. Um, so we've, we've got that. It's like, Okay, but I also want to talk about how naive I am watching this to where it's like, it's the 1940s, so you think of how innocent it is. So I'm going along with Shelby saying, denying things or or not realizing there's actually people having sex with multiple people. Uh I am just kind of not, it's just kind of glossing, I'm kind of glossing over that to where I'm not, I'm not getting it. Like to, again, because it's it's 1944, so it's like, no, there's no... Nothing nefarious happening, nothing uh, scandalous or something that you would see in a movie today. 
But no, there's clearly but, a lot of off-screen. But when you're thinking around. about it, there's yeah. a lot of sex with no sex scenes. Yeah, uh, and it's also interesting too that okay, we haven't met Laura except we're seeing the, here in these flashbacks because as Waldo was telling the story, we're seeing Gene Tierney as Laura going through all of this stuff. We're also hearing what people say about her. For example, uh, Laura's maid is just beside herself. Worships Bessie. the ground. Bessie cannot be consoled. That yes, that that Laura wa- walks on and talks about how sweet and kind and gentle she is, and Waldo talks about the fact that the reason that he's with Laura is that Laura sees something and brings the little bit of humanity out that he actually possesses. That she saw compassion and generosity in him that he didn't even really think that he possessed and he still isn't sure that it's really there. He, uh, he's got this great line yeah, in there. Yeah, is there anything redeeming of about Waldo? Yeah, and he and he says something to the effect of, well, let me put it this way, I would be sincerely sorry to see my neighbor's children devoured by wolves. Um, but for some reason, Laura sees what little good there is in him. Uh, I'd say she'd about, have to do that with Shelby too. Yeah, it, but it, then also, am I supposed to believe that she is that naive that Shelby's doing this? Well, she's not naive because she, when when she hears like about the cigarette case and she sees the the private investigator's file on Shelby, she doesn't look like oh shocked. I can't believe this, devastated. It's it's like you know I don't care, I don't care. Um, I love him. And uh, I'm disappointed. It's uh, I mean, she's unhappy about it, but she's not going to give Waldo the satisfaction of, yeah. of getting all broken up about it. And you just get the, the impression that she's going to work it out with Shelby. Whether she stays with him or not, it's going to be her decision, and it's not going to be something that Waldo gets to manipulate. Uh, Shelby also talks about Laura and how kind and generous she is, that she'd do anything for anybody and all that kind of She's this. She's a really complicated well, and character. Well, he kind of. It seems like he. I mean, he proposed to her. You don't hear about him proposing to other women. So right. even though he couldn't change his ways of needing to be with other people, I bet he did. He wished he could have been that person. He, yeah. I think he probably tried to be that person. And he's already got you know this this. Jiggle right. Yeah. Why would he? He risk... doesn't need Laura's money, no. even though she's loaded. And he actually accepts a job and does go to work, even though he's he never really have to. worked a day yeah. in his life before. Uh, so it's 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 complicated because yeah, Laura seems like she's not innocent in the sense that she's naive, but she's innocent in the sense that she sees the best in in other people, and she understands that uh, people are complicated and all that sort of thing. But she's she she goes along with it. Okay, so. We get to the point. All right, now we need to talk about Mark, the, Mark McPherson, the detective played by. We Dana. get to call him by his first name. It seems like only one person, but okay. Talk about Dana Andrews' character. He's got a. He's also a strange character in that, he's got kind of this Lieutenant Columbo sort of approach to the case where. He's got all these suspects in Laura's murder, and this is like immediately after she's died. It's like she, the murder happens on a Friday night, and we pick up the story Saturday uh, as he's walking around talking to people. And he goes and he interviews Waldo, and he just lets Waldo tell him, you know, whatever. And then uh, he, he says, okay, I'm going to go talk to Shelby. And then Waldo says, oh, I'd like to come along. And he lets him come along. 
and he actually lets him like be in the room with all these other suspects as he's interrogating well, these other suspects. Well, because Waldo also said, "I want to see their reactions." Right. Yeah, but I mean, what detective is actually going to let suspect A come along to the interview with suspect B? I mean, you would never do it, but it, it, they they do it in the movies. Yeah, but you know? okay. Also, when Mark is in the restaurant with Waldo and Waldo is telling him the story, I'm just wondering what is Mark thinking while Waldo is telling him the yeah, story. Well, he's in I, a restaurant. He's got to be wondering about... Like, what's going through his mind? And, and Waldo knows that he's a suspect. He expects to be a suspect. And he freely admits the He'd fact that he's... insulted if he weren't. Yeah, that he's in, insanely jealous of anybody who comes along and that he hates Shelby and he doesn't want Laura to be with Shelby and all that kind of stuff so okay but back to the detective he has heard all of this stuff about laura and he reads all of her correspondence he reads her diary he spends time staring at her portrait this beautiful portrait that's up in her apartment and we get the sense that he is he's falling for this dead woman that he's never met well, we find out that he put in an offer to buy her portrait. Yes. What his future wife would think of that, I don't know. Like, is he planning on being a bachelor, devote uh, to this yeah. dead woman, or where is he going to put this portrait when he gets yeah. married? Well, and he doesn't seem like the marrying type or the falling in love type, but he's Laura is having this effect on him, even though she's already dead, and like I said, he never even met her. But he even goes back to her apartment, and sure, it's part of the investigation. He can go looking around in there, but they've already looked at everything in the apartment. He just goes back because he wants to be in the apartment. Yeah, and he, and drink well, her he starts liquor. drinking her liquor. So, like, when you get a, a buzz, part of why you want to do that is you feel a little bit lighter and you can feel happier. So, like, mm-hmm. it's kind of to where, yeah, he's so wishing that she could be there to where they set it up to where you know that he wants to be getting drunk and looking at her portrait to make it to where it's like this isn't real she's gonna mm-hmm. she's gonna walk through that door because that's por- what you yeah. kind of want some hope with you, mm-hmm. you 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 drink your worries away but it's also there's something exciting when you yeah and this is part of what why Dana Andrews is so good in this role too because he's got this really long scene in that apartment where he's all by himself and there's no dialogue and he's just walking around looking at her stuff and he's got this expression on his face and at first it's like "Ah, I'm having trouble cracking this case I'm frustrated because of that and then the longer he's there the more you can tell no that's just what not what's bothering him that's not why he's going to the closet and feeling her dress that's not why he's gonna smell her perfume that's not why he's gonna get himself drunk and crash uh in front of her portrait it's because he's obsessed with this woman and then this brings us to the major spoiler alert in the film okay it turns out wait hey hang on so if, if you like what you've heard so far and you're thinking oh i want to see this movie Okay, Watch stop. It. Watch it right now before we spoil what's about to happen. Okay? You've been warned. All right? I've been warned. This is your time to go do that. Should we take a sponsor break? Maybe we should. Yeah. Yeah, this is a good time. So, who's our sponsor this week? Uh, our sponsor is uh, Product X. Product X. Okay, so since the pandemic, since I had this baby and I have my postpartum body, I've been using post or Product X. Oh, have you? Every 
day. How do you use it? How do you take it generally? I take, I take it in a sh- uh, well. See, it's it's one of those things where it's not in a shake, it's not an exercise thing, it's not a pill. It's, it's not product X. It's just product X. Mm-hmm. It's all of the above. It's all of the above. Okay, and that's completely transformed you. I feel it inside. Yeah. I feel it inside because I just feel like I have an X in my stomach. Yeah. And I feel like I'm starting to get an X on the outside. Well, it looks like you're about back to your fighting weight, too. Yeah. Yeah. But I, no, so I've been telling all my friends about it, all of my pregnant and Mm non-pregnant friends. I... I, I don't... Could I, I try product X2 or is it only for... It's not for, just for pregnant people. It's, it's not just for... It's, it's not just for pregnant no, and postpartum women? No. No. Okay. I give it to the baby too. Okay. All right. Well, there you have it. Product X. And if you want a discount, you use code... Um, Ch- I forget Chet, it. Chet and D- I forget it. So X- you might not get a X- discount. X. You might not get a discount. But, uh, yeah. you know, it's basically free because it pays off. It's like a Prius where it pays for itself. There you go. So you really don't need a... Okay. You don't need it. And you don't have to worry about us getting credit or something where you're like, oh, it's, just a, it's a commercial, you know. But, but also, creators do need to get paid, you know, but right. don't worry about us. Okay. Well, and if you have another product out there that you'd like us to pitch for which we could actually be paid money, you know. Send it our way. You just message us. Yeah. yeah. You message us on the page. Okay. All right. I think that was a long enough okay, break so for they, people to see the movie. Okay, so you watch the movie now. Okay. So we pick it back it up. So we got... Drunk Dana. Detective McPherson, asleep in the chair, passed out after, well, he's not completely drunk, but but falls asleep, and then somebody comes in the door, and who is it? It's Laura. Laura. She's alive. What? Laura, that's alive. Also, like, you think about this when you're watching it for the first time, how exciting that is. And she's just like, what? What is this man? She's not even to where she's like. She has no idea. No, she's very calm about it, though. She's but been away in the country. She's been away in the country. Yeah, and her radio was broken, and her, she didn't answer. She didn't have a telephone, or didn't take any calls, or whatever. She has no idea what's going on, and so then the immediate question: Who the hell is that well, exactly. dead woman? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay, but when she finds out why he's there, he find people have been thinking she's been dead for mm-hmm. a couple days. Mm-hmm. What do you think's going on through her mind there? Like, why are you hanging out in my apartment? <laughs> Yeah. Drinking my liquor. Well, yeah. when she sees that, he's got... Is he, like, squatting? You know? Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, Detective McPherson, he tries to kind of play it cool, but at the same time, uh, it's kind of clear that uh, he's he's got he's, he's got a thing for her, but he's he's trying to be professional. Okay. Okay. We quickly figure out... It was not out, professional when he's like, well, did you decide I got a question that has nothing of relevance to her case? Are you going to marry Shelby? Yeah. Ugh. Well, but, but then again, how has he ever conducted an interrogation in this whole movie yeah. that bears any resemblance to what an actual cop would do in an actual investigation? Right, so like it's we were like, talking. He, they don't have Miranda rights. Yeah, that's yeah. no Miranda rights, so you just start talking to people and they say whatever they want to and, He's you know... fingerprinting everything with no gloves on. He's well, touching he does, all Well, he stuff. uses a handkerchief at one point at in time one when, point, he, when, yeah. he, when he finds the murder weapon. Uh, okay. And you're wondering, you're wondering, how did they not know that was Laura? They, identif- they said it was Laura. What, did they just not, in the old days, did they not used to have bodies identified? Hey, hey, this was before the television show CSI was created, where people first learned about forensic science. Well, we didn't, you don't really realize that her face is unrecognizable. So, like, there is a line to where the aunt says, like, that she, 
mm-hmm. she was there to identify the body. Yeah. Okay. It turns out what happened was Laura goes away to the country, and Shelby, yes, he's having this fling with Diane, the model, and they can't. Shelby this says, Well, so we couldn't stuff. find anywhere else to talk, so we went to Laura's apartment. And we had dinner, and we were just talking, but, oh, somehow, Diane's dress ends up in the closet, and Diane ends up wearing Laura's negligee, and when somebody comes to the door, Diane goes to the door, dressed as Laura, in the dark, and opens the door, and boom, gets shot in the face. And I didn't know what to do. Yeah, and Shelby doesn't tell anybody about it. He just goes on with his life like, oh, well, and they think Laura's dead. Who's ever going to find out any different? I doesn't make any sense, but that's what they do. So, yeah, now the question is, who killed Diane? And now Laura becomes a suspect. So Waldo's a suspect, Shelby's a suspect, the aunt is a suspect, uh, everybody's a suspect. Everybody's a suspect. And I kind of suspected Mark for a second. Mark? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it could be anybody. All right. So finally, we're going to find out in the end. And here's the, 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 the final spoiler. Wait. No, 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 no. No. You were saying none of this it really pertains to today. There's no connection to anything. Yeah. Yeah. What, what in the beginning? What? The beginning, there's a clock in... Waldo's apartment. Yes. A oh. grandfather clock. A grandfather And you hear clock. it going. Yes. And it's in, there's another one in Laura's apartment. That's now, what have we watched recently magic. to where it's like, oh, if you hear a clock, oh, you're you going to die. Oh, going to die? So, yeah. spo- plot twist. Another plot twist. It's not, okay, do you want to say, actually, we'll come back to this. You say who killed her, or. Well, it turns out, <clears throat> Waldo killed her. No, no. No? No. No? No. 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 Waldo did not kill her because who kills people when there's a clock ticking? Oh, the, uh, the, 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 what's his name? The, 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 the Vect, is it like Vectron Vecnar. or something? Vecnar. Vecnar. Vecnar killed Vecnar. Laura. Yeah, Vecnar killed Or, or, Stranger Things plot twist, Waldo is Vecnar. Waldo is Vecnar. Okay. Could be. Could be. No, you're not going with that? No, okay, but okay, but listen, there's a clock that's involved with the murder. There is a clock that's involved with the murder. Yeah. And so, yeah. Detective McPherson goes back to Waldo's apartment when Waldo isn't there. He notices, oh, hey, that's a mansion clock. It's exactly like Laura's. He gets suspicious. He starts poking around. He realizes that there's a compartment inside the clock. And he says, oh, okay, I need to figure out. So he goes to Laura's apartment, opens up her clock, sees in that uh, compartment, there's the murder weapon. There's the shotgun. So he knows that Waldo killed her. And, um, okay. That's enough of, we won't even, we won't spoil, spoil the final, you know, two minutes of the film, but. Okay, so, why do you like this movie? This movie is, it's weird. It's it's just, it's it's weird. weird. On the one hand, I think the thing that that makes the movie so good is that it's just such a tightly written, it's, it, it is a really great mystery. And it moves along quickly. The dialogue is fantastic. Oh, we should mention, too. It won an Academy Award for cinematography. Mm-hmm. Um, so the the sets are gorgeous. The lighting is gorgeous. Um, I love Waldo's apartment flat. Yeah, everything. And, and 
the the dialogue is great. Like like we said, this was originally a, a novel. It was rewritten, and actually the screenplay got nominated for. Uh, it didn't win, but it, it also got uh, nominated for Academy Awards. So it well, moves along quickly. Well, the writer is really talented too. I, I saw that they tried to write it for like Waldo's, like Clifton's part, to like match his cadence. Uh huh. Oh yeah, and it does. And like I said, uh, Clifton Webb as Waldo Lidecker. He reminds me just... of Ernest from Bride of Frankenstein. I wish they would have been in a movie together. Oh yeah, they would have yeah. been so good. I mean, they yeah. would have been trying to steal scenes from each other, so it uh -huh. probably would have been too many divas. And I don't mean that like in a, but I just love their. Oh, they yeah. should have been in a movie together. But yeah, this is one of the more memorable screen characters you'll ever see. Clifton Webb as Waldo Lidecker. Dana Andrews is is fantastic as the detective. Uh, and like I said, it, it's, it's got the plot twists. You don't know what's going to happen. You are genuinely surprised by it. You find all these characters interesting. You get wrapped up in the story. Oh, the music is great, too. There's this fantastic theme song that's written for it. Um, they later, somebody, I don't remember who wrote lyrics to go with the song. Uh, oh, yeah. Later Ella Fitzgerald later did a recording of it. I think Frank Sinatra... Yeah. yeah. Anybody, I mean, this is kind of weird. Did a recording of it? Yeah, this doesn't usually happen. Somebody just writes music for a movie. Somebody says, "Oh, that that music is so good. Now let's go back and write lyrics and make a popular song out of it." So anyway, so there's all of that, and this is one of those movies. It's considered one of the the top film noirs ever. It's the the American Film Institute uh, has it, and it's top 100, and it's the Library Congress, you know, called it culturally and aesthetically significant and all that kind of stuff. So it's got all of that going for it. I think part of what what's so interesting about the movie is that these these characters are are, are so weird. They're they're complex yeah, and you don't know what they want. Because with Laura, so you have the love triangle and then also you have to where Shelby's got his side chicks. But you don't know necessarily what Laura wants. Yeah. Um, all of these men have what they've decided who she is, and also we don't know who, we have to decide who she is, are we going to take Clifton, are we going to take Waldo's story of her, and we all kind of fall in love with her as well, but it's like, the, all of those three men, they have them in the room, in her apartment, before we find out anything, mm -hmm. just kind of arguing about her, and then also when she's back, it's to where nobody's good enough for her except them, and I'm including Mark in that. So uh -huh. when she ends up with Mark, at first I'm a little upset with, like, why does she love him? But, it's, but then I'm also being like Waldo, where it's like, I don't think anybody's good enough for her. So it's like, wh why would you want to be with Mark? I mean, there's nothing wrong with him, but he seems a little boring yeah. for her. He, I feel like she would get bored of him, but that's her business. Okay, well, and let's talk about the weirdest relationship of all. We started to talk about it at the beginning, but let's come back to... What is the relationship between Waldo and Laura? Yeah. Because now, if, if we were to see this film today, if this film like were being well, made like the today, audience that we're trying to, we're trying to get pe people who have not seen this movie to watch this movie. Yeah. What in the world does a millennial or a Gen Z, what do they think when they're watching this, see a, a man that seems gay? Well, that and that's the question. It's is, really confusing. Is, is he gay? Is Waldo gay? And the, the answer is... We don't, know. we don't know. We don't know because it, first of all, 1944, even though it's not completely unheard of to have a gay character, it would be so scandalous. It would be so central to the to, to, to the plot well, and it would be, I think, 
one of the original producers, or I can't remember, if the, somebody on the team of hiring did not want Clifton Webb to be hired because he's openly he was open, openly homosexual. Yeah, Clifton and, Webb is gay. Yeah. But then after um, Otto, the director, Otto ends up being the director, mm-hmm. um, had Clifton Webb read. It's like oh, or he. I think Otto showed. Uh, like a clip of him, and it's like, oh, yeah, he's oh, right yeah. for the part. Daryl Zanuck, did, uh, or didn't want Clifton Webb, uh, then they had him do a reading for it, or, no, they actually uh, did a recording of Clifton Webb in uh, one of his Broadway shows, and then Daryl Zanuck says, oh, yeah, of course, he's got to be, he's got to get the role. Well, so anyway, but, like, with Laura, when she's got all these three men, and she knows that Shelby's no good, what does she see in him? Uh, that doesn't matter. But what is she thinking? And this is... Like you this can't is tell what gets, she's thinking. I, I think, ultimately, for me, what this comes down to is... These aren't real people. They're just, they're just characters. Right. And, and, and more than that, these were characters who were created by multiple people. Mm-hmm. We started off with a book. And, and the book... Uh, Vera's book. She writes these strong female leads. And, and later, uh, in an interview, she talked about this, in an interview in The, the New Yorker, uh, she talked about the fact that, uh, yeah, she, for her, the main thing about Laura was that she was this career woman. And that was the part. And, and in the original writing, Laura is getting close to 30, and she's not married, and part of what she's thinking is, well, you know, if I'm going to get married, I guess I better do it now. And she's been so focused on her career, she hasn't had time for romance and all that kind of stuff, and so Shelby comes along, and she kind of likes Shelby, and yada, yada, yada. Okay, but Otto Preminger reads that story, and she says, you know, this, I, I don't get that. For, he doesn't, as a man, he doesn't understand that character written by well, a woman. Well, Laura is like a Shelby to where she doesn't want to be tied down. Yeah. To where she doesn't want a monogamous relationship. Right. But Otto oh, Preminger, the man reading the story, doesn't get it. Well, and so, parties, are they going to have a movie? Right. And so he wants to make Laura even more glamorous and beautiful and that kind of twists her into this shape where why why is she putting up w- with all of this from these these men because she's in and out of these relationships it, it, we don't get even though i don't know how they have enough time in the day to be so successful in their careers and so devoted to one person that they're with them it seems like almost all the time but yet at the same time they're they're stepping out with them on the side it's like i, I don't know how they fit it all in well, but then also, why is Waldo the straw that broke the camel's back? Like, she puts up with that side. For Laura? Yes. Like, why is it to where she kind of puts up with, yeah, like, with Shelby. Like, she's engaged to be married to him. Yeah. Well, and it's but, so clear and that Waldo, knows Waldo her wants to, con- Waldo wants to control, wants control her. her. Yeah. Shelby um, doesn't want to control her. Yeah. Shelby wants to cheat on her. But he doesn't want to control her. Walta wants to control her. And like you said, she says, you know, I'm never going to do anything that's not of my own accord. And, and when Waldo tries to get her to break off the oh relationship. He does it again with Mark. Like he instantly is like, he calls it, he calls a woman a dame. Yeah. And he's just really trying to. You've got a weakness, Laura, for these strong athletic men. Yeah. You know? The desperation and mm-hmm. the possessiveness. But yeah, mm-hmm. he, he's got a protege that he thinks. Yeah. Okay. Can't so let's think of her own. Can't think on her own. Can't be her own woman. Yeah. But let, let, let's come back to Waldo. Uh, 
like I said, if, if, if you're watching this movie today for the first time, you see Waldo, and within 30 seconds of his, his appearance on screen, you say, oh, well, this is a gay character. You couldn't write a character to be any more overtly gay than this. But no, it's first of all, it's 1944. They couldn't do that. Secondly, the character was created by a heterosexual woman. Now, she said she based this off someone that she knew um, who had a similar personality, but maybe the author didn't come to grips with the fact that he was gay. Maybe this was somebody who wasn't open. So we don't really understand because on the one hand, it doesn't seem like this is a sexual relationship between Waldo and Laura, but yet they are together, according to Waldo's telling, virtually every day. Um, they're going out to dinner to get, I mean, they are, it's like they're dating, but it's a platonic dating relationship. And the only reason he kills her is because he is obsessed with her and he professes his love for her and he can't stand the fact of any other man having her. He's not jealous of the men. We don't get any sense in the writing that no, he's... No, he's secure in his... Right. It's like... And, and it really is if he doesn't have any need for sex, period. At least the way the character is written. But what he does need is one person to see something good in him. And Laura is the only person in the world. He is incredibly narcissistic he thinks he's great and fantastic but at the same time he doesn't think he has any gentle qualities any redeeming qualities he doesn't see any compassion any any of those sorts of virtues and laura suggests that there is that in him and that's what he's obsessed with um i, I agree with that so i mean that's the only interpretation i can well, come up yeah, with well, and, i'm thinking about like him. I mean, does it get you to murder somebody? But just the death, yeah. Yeah, he loves that. her so much that he's going to murder her. And, and, and again, it's like she's going to be out of his life and he can't stand the fact of her being... In, I don't know so much that he can't stand the fact that she would be with, with Shelby or if it's just the fact that she would be gone from him and he would once again be this this lonely man who nobody really likes. Um so anyway, that's that's the only way that I can spin it. But but if you were to remake this film today, clearly you would have to do that differently because today you see a character that seems so obviously gay, you're just going to you're going to want him to be a gay character and you're going to ex- expect those dynamics and wonder how that's all going to fit together and you would have to write that relationship differently he could still be the murderer but he he would need probably slightly different motivations or or what well, there would have to something would have to happen to her cell phone to where people weren't able to get a hold of her <laughs> yeah. and yeah um so, so like i said it everybody in this in this everybody in this story is somewhat conflicted and confusing and um contradictory and but but it works in spite of it um it's the mystery it's it's the the brilliant performances by the actors it's the visuals it's the music and um it's it's the dialogue it's just a great ride it's a great story and what does it teach us about history about people well i i think it does say something about uh, 
and, and again, even though I don't think any one person sat down and said, this is the statement that I want to make about relationships and our need for other people and why we become obsessed with other people, I think it spills out. I think in Dana Andrews' performance, we see that he has a need for a relationship with 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 a woman that's more meaningful than anything that he's had before i think it spills out in clifton webb's performance where he has the need for somebody to see something in him that wasn't there before i think it spills out in the in in jean tierney's performance where although she's got a career she also and, and she seems like she has everything in the world she has some sort of insecurity or some sort of need for uh, for, for someone to be there to share her life and she's willing to put up with uh, maybe not even being treated as well as she should be and we're we're all like that we're all we we, we make trade-offs we put up with things that maybe that we shouldn't put up with and sometimes we push ourselves to the brink where we when we can't have the thing that we're obsessed with um, we don't react well to it and sometimes even we take a shotgun and 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 um, you know shoot the person that we profess to love uh, in the face. We think. Okay, yeah. cut it. Yeah, we can take off the wire now. We got what we needed. <laughs> okay, so that's so that's Laura, nineteen forty four. Anything that we left out? Let's see. Um, well, okay. So I want to thank. So, with this hiatus, we probably wouldn't have come back into doing podcasts because again, it's up to me, because Chet would do it. He's it's available a- all the time. Mm-hmm. But one of the, like a couple, my, like last month, while I was holding my baby, I happened to just like, oh, let's see, you know, what's going on with our Apple reviews, like if we even have any. And I saw that there was a review from a woman named Sandra, and she's like, I found you guys and you're gone? What's going on? And so I was like, oh, we gotta do one for Sandra. Because honestly, I also thought we didn't have more than. You know, two people listening, which I am okay with that. But yet, again, mm-hmm. with my insecurity, uh, so this one's I was for like, you. This is Sandra. for you, Sandra. This Thank one's you going for out bringing for you. us back. Yeah. Um, so, um, and also, if you, if other people listen, just like send us a message. Uh, our platform where we host the podcast is Anchor, and I think you can go to the link in our Apple or Spotify, wherever you can find the link. You're smart. You know how to find the podcast. So go to that link and you can write us a message. Just send us a message. Mm-hmm. We just love to hear what you think about it. Um, Is this one of those things too where they could write a review? You could write a review. So write we know a that review. People actually listen. And like, if you gave us five stars, it might <laughs> increase the likelihood that somebody else yeah. would find this too and yeah, listen to it. Yeah, because again, yeah. I we genuinely want other people that haven't seen these movies to see them because we think they have value. That's the whole reason we're doing it. Because despite, I don't like to hear myself talk. Okay, yeah. I hate my nasally voice, but you need these movies. But in your I, life. it's for They're, it's for a good cause. You it's know, for I'm a good doing cause. It. It's for yourself, for, it's for your <laughs> own cause. You are your own yes. best cause. Yes. So. And so, also, if you have movies that maybe you think we haven't seen, or you think there's a movie that somebody should watch, we might, you know, mm-hmm. send us some ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, We've got about a hundred on our list already. Yeah, but but we, we might wanna, move yours up to you know number seventy two on the be list. Involved. Yeah. You know, maybe, you know, okay. if it's good enough. It, don't take it personally if we never do your podcast. It's not, again, it's all up to me and what I want to do. It's, so I'm is. kind of the it's diva. All up to it's all. Okay. But yeah, so. Until next time, which we don't know when that will be. But Could be another year time. and a half, but. Yeah.
Great. Hang in there. Bye. Bye.